Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to see you. Our last conversation, we explored an energy psychology method called the emotional freedom technique that was designed to target the release of negative emotions caused by disturbances in the human energy system. We followed a basic recipe of four ingredients. I thought we might start by running through that recipe, and then I have a couple questions for you. Sounds great, Anna. You know, the emotional freedom technique protocol has the basic recipe. And when practiced in its entirety, it really addresses um, most of the potential blocks that can interfere with releasing whatever the issue is that we're working on. You know, we start with a setup. Then we tap 14 meridians. We do eye roll, eye rolls, humming and counting. And then we tap 14 meridians. So it's really very, very straightforward. So let's begin. We select an issue and it's something that we wanna work on. And it's important to be specific. This is called a discovery statement. It can be fear, worry, tension, maybe some resistance to doing something that's really good for us, okay? We wanna be specific though, not just say fear or worry. We wanna kind of target what are we afraid of or what are we worried about? And then we wanna rank it on a scale of one to 10 as far as how intensely do we feel it? How uncomfortable are we? Usually it's around the midpoint, but sometimes it can be high, you know, close to 10. 10 is where it's, it's really causing us a lot of um, um, interfering with our functioning on a day-to-day -day level. But let's just use the, let's just use the uh, issue of fear of driving in the snow, okay? So once we pick this, I pick a level where I'm feeling it, okay? And now we're ready for the setup. And the setup is where we say an affirmation and we do one of two things. We can either go to this sore spot, which is on our rib cage, about three inches below our clavicular notch, about three inches to the side, kind of where you uh, pledge allegiance, okay? And we can rub that or we can tap the side of our hand. It's called the karate chop. You can do it together like this or you can just tap the fleshy part of the hand. And as we're rubbing or tapping, one of the things that we're going to do is say three times the affirmation. Even though I'm feeling this worry about driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. Even though I feel this fear or worry of driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. Even though I'm feeling this fear and worry of driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. We've said it three times. We immediately go to tapping 14 meridian endpoints, starting where the nose and the eyebrows meet, the eyebrows right at the nose bone. And our reminder phrase is the fear or the worry of driving in the snow, worry of driving in the snow. Out to the side of our eyes, we're tapping seven to eight times, fear of driving in the snow. Underneath our eyes, fear of driving in the snow. Now underneath our nose, fear of driving in the snow of our chin, fear of driving in the snow, our collarbone, and it's usually about an inch below our collarbone, fear of driving in the snow, underneath my arms, worried about driving in the snow, underneath our breasts on our rib cage, worried about driving in the snow, 
our thumbs and we're looking at this corner nail bed here on the thumbs. Fear of driving in the snow. And then move to the index finger, fear of driving in the snow. Move to our middle finger, fear of driving in the snow. Skip the ring finger and go to the pinky, little finger, driving in the snow, worried about driving in the snow. And the side of our hands, that fleshy part of the side of our hands, fear of driving in the snow. And now the back of our hands. And this is about a half an inch below the knuckle between the fourth and fifth fingers, the ring finger and the little finger, fear of driving in the snow. And I'm going to continue to tap the back of my hand. And we're going to do eye rolls, humming, and counting, right? So I'm going to close my eyes, keep tapping, worried about driving in the snow. Open my eyes, worried about driving in the snow. Holding my head still, I'm going to make a sharp down right. Fear of driving in the snow, sharp down left. 360 in one direction, rolling my eyes 360, very intentionally full 360, fear of driving in the snow. And the opposite direction, reverse it. Really worried about driving in the snow. Take a nice easy breath, fear of driving in the snow. And I'm going to hum, simple ditty, twinkle, twinkle, little star, happy birthday, Yankee Doodle, whatever you'd like. <laughs> Just a couple seconds and then count to five. One, two, three, four, five, and hum again. <laughs> and then we're going to stop the tapping. Just take a nice easy breath and then go back to the 14 meridians where the eyebrows meet the nose bone. Worried about driving in the snow. Side of our eyes, worried about driving in the snow. Underneath my eyes, worried about driving in the snow. Underneath my nose, worried about driving in the snow. Crease of my chin, worried about driving in the snow. Collarbone. Driving in the snow. Underneath my arms, worried about driving in the snow. Underneath my breasts on the rib cage, fear of driving in the snow. And then my thumb, fear of driving in the snow, that nail bed. <clears throat> Index finger, fear of driving in the snow. Middle finger, fear of driving in the snow. Little finger, fear of driving in the snow. Karate chop on the side of my hand, fear of driving in the snow. And that gamut point on the Back of my hand, fear of driving in the snow. And I stop tapping, take a nice easy breath. And now I want to assess the intensity of that fear and worry I had about driving in the snow. Has it increased? Has it decreased? If there's been no movement at all, then chances are we have what is known as a psychological reversal. And that means that there's some something going on, maybe on an unconscious level that's interfering with me releasing this. So very often I go back to, even though I'm feeling this fear and worry about driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. I'm also going to provide a couple suggestions, you know, later on in the conversation about how we can move through this. But if there's been some decrease 
in the intensity or the discomfort. You know, one of the things we want to do is we want to go back through the basic recipe. And we would say, even though I still have some of this fear and worry about driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. Or even though there's some remaining fear and worry about driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. And do the entire entire basic recipe again. And then continue to assess after the completion of the basic recipe, always noting where's the discomfort. Is some distress remaining or not? We always want to take it to zero, Anna. Always want to take it to zero. I know it seems complicated at first, but the more we've done it, the more it becomes second nature, you know, the way that it feels. Well, I think so. You know, repetition is the key. The interesting thing is that because all the meridians are interconnected, you know, it's possible to actually simplify the protocol, you know, and tap fewer meridians. You know, initially, I, when I was hearing about this, I was hesitant to make any changes in the protocol because, I mean, you know, it works so well. Why, why would you ever want to alter it? You know, it only takes a, a couple minutes to really go through the entire basic recipe. Um, but clearly, you know, these new versions, these shortened versions have really stood the test of time. Um, however, I still provide instruction for the full basic recipe when people are beginners. But, but there's another way to do it. Dr. Tain, how, how is the shortcut different? Well, the sequence is, is shortened. You know, the actual 14 meridians is shortened. We do about half as many meridians. And the setup, the affirmation, and the using the, the source spot, that's eliminated, along with the eye rolls and humming and counting while we tap the gamut point on the back of the hand. Wow, that's that's quite a quite a few things there that we're eliminating. What's left? And what is I know. left? I know it, it's really kind of like I I get it. It's like what's left? Well, you know the modification is really sta- straightforward. You know we do that discovery statement where we're picking the issue that I want to work on, trying to be specific so it's not just this global kind of a um, emotional reactivity. Like I'm I'm really scared. It's like what am I what am I afraid of? You know so we're targeting in. This becomes the reminder phrase that we repeat through the the sequence. We assess it on a scale of one to 10, just like we did before. But what we do differently is we're not tapping the same number of endpoints, okay? We're adding one that's a little bit different, you know? Um, we're, We're tapping as we're saying the reminder phrase. The difference is we start with a new one, and that is we're we're tapping the crown of our head just kind of using four fingers, kind of tapping. I very often tap kind of in a circular motion around the crown of my head while I'm saying, and let's just use the one we used before, worried about driving in the snow. And then we immediately go to the the ones that we've already tapped or that we know about tapping. Eyebrows meet the nose bone, worried about driving in the snow. Corner of the eyes, worried about driving in the snow. Underneath the eyes, worried about driving in the snow. Underneath the chin, worried about driving in the snow or underneath the nose, worried about driving the snow, crease of the chin, driving in the snow. Yeah, we get it right. Collarbone, worried about driving in the snow. And then underneath my arms, worried about driving in the snow. That's all of the meridians that we tap. We go back to assessing on a scale of one to 10. Has the discomfort decreased, you know, through that tapping? because we want to, you know, go to zero as best we can. If it didn't budge, 
we probably want to go to that setup. Even though I have this problem, even though I have this worry about driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. You know, we might want to do that three times, see if I can release it through that. There are sometimes that if it's, um, um, if I've only gone down a couple, you know, I want to do that sequence again, you know, trying to bring it down. If I've released it down to about a one or a two, there's a simple, a simple little technique that'll take it down to zero very often. So say I finish the, the sequence and my fear of driving in the snow is about a one or a two, I can tap the back of my hand as I've done in the past and do what we call a floor to ceiling eye roll. And so what I'm doing is holding my head very still while I continuously tap. And I look very intentionally at the floor and slowly move my eyes up to the ceiling, very slowly and intentionally. All the way up. Close my eyes as I get to the ceiling, keeping them lifted. And then bring my eyes back to center. Take a nice, easy breath. And very often that allows me to let it go. We're saying the reminder phrase as we're doing that, as we're doing that eye roll. And that very often can bring it down to zero without having to go through the entire sequence. Um, so it can be, it can be one of those um, uh, times when maybe I don't have time, a lot of time on my hands, and I really need to rush through it. And this can be a lovely piece. Yeah, that, that's really wonderful because I know there's lots of times when I've been really in a, in a rush, but I would love to start tapping. So that is just, I think that's awesome that we have that ability to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, can this be as effective as 100% overhaul? Well, yes. And for many, it's just as effective, you know, and, and there, are, there are a couple of things that we also want to keep in mind um, that, that really allow us to support the, the effectiveness. Things like, you know, it, it's really important to be attuned to what is the issue that I want to focus on? What is the issue that I want to release? And be very clear and specific. As I said, to use a general kind of a global word like um, I'm scared is, is probably going to, to not be as effective as to be able to say, what am I afraid of? Okay, and to really be as specific as we possibly can, be as concise and specific as we possibly can. You know, the other thing is, it, it's not really of any concern as to how long we've had the problem. Maybe it's something that I've had for most of my life, and I think, oh my gosh, that's too big that I'm not going to be able to deal with that. You know, pull it in. You know, see as, 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 uh, be as specific and concise as you can, and, and allow yourself to, to at least try that out to see if you can release release it. Um, the other piece is we don't have to understand the origins of the issue in order to release it. And this runs counter to what most of us believe, you know, that I, if I could just understand it, then I could let go of it. You know, it's sometimes in letting go of it that we begin to understand what, that what, once that intensity is lowered and, and once I'm not kind of uh, embroiled in the emotional turmoil that all of a sudden I can see clearly the different dimensions that entered into it. Um, because sometimes that intensity is what gets in the way of me really understanding why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. You know, the other piece, Anna, is very often issues have different aspects. You know, um, it's like, it's like, it's not just one thing. It's a combination of things that are going into this emotional disturbance. 
And so it might be important that we clear every aspect. You know, example of that is I remember dealing with a dilemma in a relationship where my emotional disturbance was anger. And so as I began to tap through that anger and release it, one of the things I found is that, my gosh, underneath that was hurt. And once I started to do the hurt and use that as my reminder phrase, you know, I found that, oh gosh, this really became a piece around doubting myself. It was about my self-confidence that maybe I deserve this to happen to me. So I tap that. It's about tapping every aspect as they arise. And, and sometimes issues and problems are kind of like onions. You know, they, you have to peel back the layers. The other piece that, I, that is really worth uh, taking a look at are the psychological reversals. You know, these are those unconscious saboteurs that keep us stuck in all kinds of undesirable behavior and from really doing the things and making the changes that would be good for us. And so sometimes it, it, it's about, I'm afraid to let go of something, or it doesn't feel safe to let go of something, or I think that I really can't, if I let go of this fear, this worry, I won't be able to do what it is I'm intending to do, or maybe I believe I don't deserve it. All of these can be unconscious saboteurs. So we want to include this in our setup. We want to include this um, in our uh, affirmations. So it sounds like it sounds like this, and sometimes we have to actually do a litany. You know, even though I'm afraid to release this fear of driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. Or even though I I, I don't believe I can let go of this fear, I deeply and completely accept myself. Even if I always have this problem of being afraid of driving in the snow, I deeply and completely accept myself. You know, so it's about going through those different parts that I'm finally neutralizing. I'm looking at what it might be. And these very often begin to shift that psychological reversal, shift those blocks so that I can release the energy because the answer lies in the body's energy system with these techniques. We've talked about bundles of emotions, including thoughts and feelings and body sensations and impulses and how they begin to dictate our experience and really become our reality. And so we're, we're looking at the fact that these experiences, this reality that I create through those bundles, you know, um, really manifest in our biofields and our meridians, um, in our neurological and cognitive processes and the chemical processes of the body and the brain, neurotransmitters and hormones, you know, and, and it occurs throughout our body. And this energy system is all part of that. And also beyond what is defined by physical limits, you know, and, and when you think about, like we've talked about the technique, the heart math technique, where we can measure these biofields, these cardiac fields that go out from the body and that shift and change when we think about love, appreciation, gratitude, and compassion, this really kind of targets that kind of, that kind of thinking, that, that we're more than just this five-sensory organism, that it is energetic as well, goes beyond what we thought were the limits. Yeah. Well, I find all this so fascinating, and I know for me, these techniques have been very, very effective, but I've had a couple of encounters with people who question uh, these techniques because it sounds like a quick fix and it makes, you know, people feel doubtful. Well, and you know, Anna, I, I started out as a skeptic, 
you know? And, and the important piece is that, you know, it comes up all the time, you know, as a culture, uh, we have a belief that difficult problems take a long time to resolve. You know, it's just kind of there and get the, the response to that is maybe, but maybe not. Maybe we just haven't come up with an effective intervention. So this collective way of, of um, you know, thinking about problems, you know, really allow us to kind of set up a, a science and a society that doesn't want to see things or can't see things in a certain way. And this is called a paradigm and we live within certain paradigms. So it's the lenses through which we, we really see our world, we see ourselves, and it becomes our collective belief, our collective habits, and, and really kind of uh, uh, predicts what results we can expect. And yet when we're provided a new lens, you know, the world appears differently than it has in the past. You know, it doesn't look the same anymore. And this is called a paradigm shift. And again, it happens in society, it happens in science. And when you think about acupuncture, holistic, integrative, functional medicine, um, energy psychology, energy medicine, all of these are paradigm shifts in the Western healthcare system. Yes, and it's all, you know, really uh, just recently has come, you know, to the forefront of uh, people really starting to use these practices within their, you know, within their practices too. So what is the science that backs up these techniques, Dr. Jane? Well, this, they're really classified as uh, evidence-based techniques, which means that there is science that supports their, what they call efficacy, which is the effectiveness. And currently there are over a hundred studies that really support the efficacy of these kind of energy techniques, specifically around anxiety and phobias, uh, depression and post-traumatic stress. You know, it's often used for a myriad of additional kinds of issues, you know, physical issues like chronic pain, um, headaches, migraines, you know, post-surgical healing. Um, also a lot with uh, athletic performance. It's really called uh, uh, performance enhancement with athletes, with people, you know, in, in theater. Um, also with public speaking is it's often used to help people, you know, gain more expertise and more confidence in, in public speaking. Um, but these aren't all part of that research that I'm pointing to, those hundred studies. Um, however, it shows up as being effective in a myriad of, of areas. You know, and the neuroscience of these techniques uh, is interesting because we're altering the emotional reactivity. And by doing this, we're impacting the nervous system, which means we're quieting the amygdala, that smoke alarm that we've talked about so often in the past. And when we disrupt this problematic energy pattern, then we're wide open for restructuring those neural pathways, rewiring the neural pathways. Yes, and all done energetically, you know. Uh, are, there, are there alternatives to tapping the endpoints? Sure. You know, in fact, there are some people who um, find the tapping kind of irritating, you know, particularly people with chronic pain like fibromyalgia, you know, they find it extremely uncomfortable. So being able to substitute other options like gently applying a massage to the meridian endpoints, each of the designated meridian endpoints, you know, also does the, you know, it has the same effect, you know, 
touching the um, that meridian endpoint and taking a nice easy breath, an inhale and an exhale, also does an amazing, amazing job of being able to clear that energy within that meridian, you know, and release the emotional disturbances. For some people, they actually imagine themselves tapping or massaging the energy endpoints. I know a lot of people who do this actually while they're driving, which is interesting and, and seem to find effectiveness with that as well. Now, is there anything else that we need to be aware of to support the release of emotional disturbances? Well, Anna, I, I, you know, I always want to bring up the, the subject of um, environmental toxins, you know, because this can interfere with with results, of course, uh, because we're surrounded by noxious, uh, noxious tem- chemicals, you know, in our everyday life, everything from the um, cleaning supplies to cosmetics to food, caffeine, you know, alcohol, um, the water being in traffic, you know, these irritate us as physical, uh, physiological beings. So, of course, it's also going to irritate the symptoms that we might be having. So it's important to assess where these techniques are working and not working. For instance, it might be that, that they work more effectively at home than they do in the office, or there might be certain places in the house that they work more effectively for you. So it's just being open to, you know, where are the rooms, where are the environments that really support this and are conducive for the positive results? Just check it out. Yeah, that's something I've really never thought about. So this is such great advice. And for our viewers, I, you know, I want them to know that there's more information and actual tutorials if you Google emotional freedom technique. Thank you, Dr. Jane. This has been really awesome. Until our next conversations for the good. Thank you, Anna.